Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Centered, Committed, Confident, a podcast that helps you center your life on Christ, commit yourself to discipleship, and become more confident in the Word of God. My name is Cody Rogers. I'm Regent Erickson. And I'm Hannah Erickson. And today, guys, we are recording on a brand new podcast, recording software and everything. So if our voices sound different, hopefully they sound better. If they don't, we will continue to work on it and figure out all these little bugs and stuff. But hopefully this should fix some of the audio issues we've had in the past of echoey stuff and um, people being heard quieter and louder at times. Um, It should be able to handle a lot of those things. If you've ever thought like, why does that sound weird? Um, Now you know why, because (laughs) the the equipment we were using was was very cheap. So um, we've upgraded a little bit this new year and uh, I'm excited about it. Um, let's just dive right into it, shall yeah. we? We're in let's the midst of the Galatians series. We've been studying through. Um, we're going to try to take a bigger chunk of scripture this time around so we don't get as deep. Not that depth is bad, but I don't want to lose people in the weeds of stuff that doesn't mm-hmm. matter. And I want to model more like what a maybe like a morning Bible study would be. And, mm-hmm. and what I mean by morning Bible study is that we are studying it deeper than maybe we would in casual conversation with somebody or in just reading through. Maybe it's even deeper than you would at a table of people you just met. Um, uh, but we're not going as in depth as reading and preaching. Right. Yeah. So maybe there's that, that nuance in the middle there. I'd like to keep that just so we can keep on going at a good pace. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a reason why when Pastor Rob preaches, it takes a long time to get through a chapter because he squeezes out every single word, which I love. Yeah. But that's not what the goal of this one is. So yeah. that's a reminder. If uh, you felt like we got too much in the weeds last week, we're uh, going to try to just steer that, navigate that a little bit better today. Um, but let's go ahead and dive into Galatians. Um, but before we dive into the word of God, we should probably pray and set our hearts right Hannah, would you mind praying for us this time around? Yeah, for sure. Thanks. Father, we're so thankful for your word, for the opportunity to come um, together and learn more about what you have for us in the book book of Galatians. I pray that you would soften our hearts to whatever it is, that you would open our eyes, um, that we would rightly apply your word um, so we can be more Christ-like. God, we love you and we thank you in Christ's name I pray. Amen. 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 So um, the main chunk of scripture we're going to be covering starts in verse 11, but we did end last week saying that verse 10 seemed like it came out of nowhere. Um, so we had started in verse one, we covered all the way through, uh, you know, verse nine, essentially. And when we got to verse 10, it seemed to be this spot. So let's just uh, quickly summarize what we've read so far. Um, Paul introduces himself in verses one and two. Um, he does the traditional greeting, uh, grace to you, peace from God. Um, and he gives a little bit of worship to the father. So that's his introduction in the first five verses. And then in verse six, he immediately just like, you know, gut punches them, right? Like, I'm so astonished that you are uh, so quickly deserting him who called you into the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. And we hear there's not another gospel. And then he curses those that would say there is another gospel, right? Um, And then, you know, as we pick up there, he says, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be a curse. And then verse 10. Or am I now seeking the approval of man or of God, or am I trying to please man? If I were trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. And I said, that seems sort of odd, mm-hmm. right? So what do we think um, that is there for? Why, why, to me, it feels like he's turning a corner. Yeah, I think I'd agree. And it's just kind of glancing at the scripture we're going to get into today. It, it kind of seems to make sense because he's going to move into some of his life experiences mm-hmm. and kind of laying out the gospel that he preached and, it seems to seems to make sense for it to be a transition. 
Yeah, I think the reason it feels weird to me though is because right after that is a new sub subheading, like a heading, mm-hmm. right? Um, so maybe the heading is just it, may, it feels a little misplaced, maybe. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know, but that's how I feel. Let's just set that aside. Sometimes, guys, when you feel something like doesn't make sense, remember you need to keep on reading to see if the context brings it clear in mm-hmm. a little bit. So let's read a bit. Um, it will someone read starting in verse eleven and just sort of stop where you think is a, a good spot? Yep, I got it. For I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for for the traditions of my fathers. But when he who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach among him the Gentiles. I did not immediately consult with anyone, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. That's That's the end of the paragraph there. So I was thinking of stopping. Yeah, it's a good spot. I think it's obvious Paul is still sort of establishing his authority. Yes. Mm -hmm. We we talked last week about the sections we're going to experience you know you read through that in the study bible it says the first two chapters really him establishing some kind of authority here mm-hmm. i would agree with that it definitely sounds like he's yep. still doing that um especially with the um uh nor did i go up to jerusalem to those who were apostles before me but I went away and returned again to damascus so he's even talking about having spent time in it as well um and and, and we'll get into more but he's talking about being set apart right um let's dive into the very beginning again um what are what are your first thoughts things either you want to dive into things that stand out to you something that stands out to me is that verses 10 11 12 and 13 all start with the word for like he's like Mm. very much like moving the argument along um and so like if i were doing this in the morning i'd be like circling those repeated words Mm. um and then just seeing how like if and how the verses are connected um, could start in verse 10, like where we were kind of confused, but where we felt like he was beginning yeah. his argument. Um, and then it just really continued to go until he started kind of his own testimony. And because four tends to refer to the statement beforehand, this kind of makes me think that keeping verses probably six to nine in mind is going mm-hmm. to be pretty critical to kind of tying some of the pieces together here. Yeah, because he's like giving his credibility for the fact that his gospel isn't a false gospel that they've been believing. Like he started mm-hmm. off with in chapter one and then like verse 10 is like, do you think I'm just coming up with this like to get your approval? Like, no, I'm not here to please you. I'm here to please God. And so here's my story. I used to kill Jews um, and Christians. Christians. I used to kill people who, yeah, were for the gospel. And here I am now proclaiming that same gospel. Yeah, and to go in line with what you're saying, Hannah, that every verse starts with four. Actually, verse 10 also starts with four. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the verse in question where I was like, that feels sort of weird. Um, and so this is a great example that the context around it helps, right? Yeah. So now that I see him sort of get on this roll in verse 11, four, I would have you know, verse 12, four, I did not, verse 13, four, you have heard. Mm-hmm. Um, this lets me know verse 10 um, really is a part of this argument instead. Yeah. So it does feel yep. like that heading is a little misplaced to me personally. Um, but now I'm able to understand it better. I'm like, okay, I'm not trying to necessarily connect 
verse 10 to all the Mm -hmm. verses before it, I'm actually better connecting verse Mm -hmm. 10 to everything that's about to come. Yeah. And this is such a good reminder for just good Bible reading to remember like those subheadings are not inspired by God. Like the rest of the words are inspired by God, like where the verse breaks are um, and where some of the paragraphs change. Like this was a true letter written by Paul. It wasn't, you know, typed out with verses and stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it's a good reminder to read it like a letter. Yeah. Good. All right. I think there's something really powerful in here, and that is Paul's testimony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, let's verse 12. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, if you're new to reading scripture or you're unfamiliar with the story of scripture, uh, we talked about having uh, cross references is something that's mm-hmm. super important. If you have cross references here, at least mine has a little X right next mm-hmm. to through. And uh, if I were to, to follow that, what verse is that? That's uh, verse 12. If I were to, to follow that train of thought, um, that would lead me to uh, Corinthians and where uh, he's further explaining some of that. Um, and then eventually we'd get to Acts, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And Acts is where um, Paul is explaining how he came to know Christ. And mm-hmm. we know that it was this radical transformation yep. mm-hmm. where you know he was traveling down the road, Christ revealed himself, he blinded him, um, you know, he sent them into the city and then mm-hmm. he healed him and then he called him. Right. Mm-hmm. Huge, awesome testimony. And he goes into it a little bit, right? You've yeah. heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church and God violently. I think that's, that's putting it lightly, right? Yeah. Persecuted the church of God, you know, for us in American context, I feel like when I first hear those words, if I don't think about them very deeply, persecuted can mean like made fun of or mm-hmm. made to feel bad. Um, it can be to downtrodden maybe, um, even persecuted can mean like, um, what, when we see persecution of people in America in American history, it's been burning their houses. It's been, um, yes, burning at the stake sometimes, but Mm -hmm. you know, we've seen sort of a a progression, a degression of persecution in terms of violence, in terms of, um, I, I don't know how to put it. I think like the term persecution for Christians nowadays means less in America than even mm-hmm. it used to when it first oh, started. Yeah. Um, but in, in general, right? So when I'm trying to get better understand of persecution, I'm like really thinking through, he was meaning like he was literally killing people mm-hmm. right? yeah. in the on, name of God. On his way to Damascus, he had, what was it, a letter or like a, an something that gave him authority to, to arrest. arrest Christians and mm-hmm. they would have probably been put to death. Yeah. So it means a lot more there. Yeah. You know, and if I, if I, it, this is the benefit of focusing on each word in, in the text. Oh yeah. Well, and it just adds to the fact that Paul's writing this about himself. So he's not putting himself in a very good light here. Like he's like, yeah, you guys, my brothers and sisters, I persecuted you. I killed you. I hated yeah, he's you. He's not seeking their approval. Cause if yeah. he was, if he was, he'd be leaving out this whole, a couple of years ago, I would have been trying to kill you, but now I'm not thing like, can we like that. Isn't really that how you like win over people. Hmm. Yeah. So not only is he saying he was extremely violent and he was trying to destroy, you know, that helps a lot to understand is mm-hmm. that, I mean, the word destroy means destroy, right? Yeah. Trying to destroy the church of God. Um, and I love here that he's already calling the people of God, the church of God. Yeah. Right. Which is really cool. Um, it lets like, it stands out to me because, um, you know, churches aren't back then what we think of today, right. Mm-hmm. With buildings and things like that. Um, though they started having buildings in this time. Um, you know, when he says church of God, he means people of God, mm-hmm. right? He was trying to destroy the people of God who are the church violently. 
Um, and then this verse 14, I was advancing in Judaism beyond many, my own age among my people. So extremely zealous. Like he's saying, I was a really good schoolboy. I was a good Jew. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was, I was one of the best Jews. Yeah. Right. I thought I knew what I knew what I knew. Um, really good. Gives a lot of, uh, context to Paul. Um, you cool if I move on? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm so excited for 15. And we we got to get, I've been this. waiting to get there. Okay. So <laughs> those of you that know my Bible reading and know, uh, I've talked about my symbols before I have a little tulip drawn next to verse 15 mm-hmm. with a little, little U next to it, uh, which means unconditional election. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this would be one of those supporting verses. We're not going to get into all of that right now, but I, we need to note when they're there that yeah. this is a major verse for those that believe in unconditional election. Um, verse 15, I'm going to read it again. But when he who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace, we're talking about God here. He is God was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles. Let's stop right there for a minute. Mm. So what, what are implications of how God saves people? Yeah, he sets us apart before we're born and he calls us by his grace, Mm -hmm. right? He doesn't call us by our works. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. So what does it mean to be called by his grace rather than by our works? That's something that God initiates so we don't initiate it on our own. Yeah. Well, there's nothing we did. Like when you, when you show grace, it's not because the other person deserves something, you know, like you would reward a worker with a payment because they did a labor that deserves that money grace is not necessarily given because mm-hmm. you deserve it. Yeah, mm. It's unmerited favor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. And, um, you know, who set me apart before I was born? Mm-hmm. Um, that is, that's one of the reasons why we call it unconditional election, right? That the unconditional mm-hmm. meaning it's nothing you did that, you know, there, there are no conditions upon uh, you being chosen by God. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it says before I was born emphasizes that, right? Like yeah. you literally can't do anything before you're born. Before you're born, you have no actions to take. And so the fact that God would elect you or choose you um, to call you by his grace before you're even born proves that his calling upon you is unconditional. It's not based on what you have done or what you are going to do, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. So before I was born, and by his grace, sort of give us this full view that it's not anything we've done and not anything that we can and not anything that we will do. And verse 16, I love the first two words, was pleased mm-hmm. to reveal his son to me. Like God, it pleases God to reveal his son to those whom he is saving. Mm-hmm. Gives God pleasure. I love that so, so much. So good. Oh man. All right. So that's, I wanted to get on that high horse for a minute and and we're going to hit a few more of them as we go, but you know, what's my favorite thing though, just reading through this, it just kind of stands out to me with the way Paul phrased this. As you get to 16 there, he's like, he was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that it might preach him among the Gentiles. It's like Paul's, excuse me, Paul's specific calling. Mm -hmm. It's not even a period there. It's a comma. And then he kind of goes into saying, I did not immediately consult with anyone kind of going more into his story Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. That just really stands out to me. I like, he starts off this like talking about the Lord setting us apart before we were born. It's like this, it feels like this pivotal, like huge statement and it, and it is, but it's just kind of like casual in his, in his story. Yeah. It just makes me think about how I talk about the Lord. You know, it's like when I say the Lord, 
or could I have opportunity to like speak these truths about him just in my life? Like maybe instead of saying, Oh yeah, the Lord is, the Lord is good. Maybe say he's this wonderful savior who created the earth around me Mm. did something that blessed me today. I don't know. It's just like an interesting thought about, I like the way he works in so specifically. Yeah. Like it's not just a casual casual reference to the Lord, but like in his story, he's like laying down Mm -hmm. this amazing truth about who he is and what he's done. Yeah. Good reminder too, to always be ready to give our reasons for Mm -hmm. faith Yeah, and how God has personally interacted with us and saved us and called us by his grace. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's time to move on to the next. I have one more thing. Yes. Just that he is saved to a purpose. Yeah. He's not just saved for the sake of being saved, but he's then called to preach like in Ephesians he talks about that like Paul says like that too that we are called to do good works right that good works don't save us that God saves us with a purpose in mind um, that gives us meaning for our lives in order to glorify him um, in different ways yeah and what I love is um, he's about to go into even more what that purpose looked like Mm -hmm. so uh, verse 18 Um, I'll read this part. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas, who is Peter and remained with him 15 days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. And what I am writing to you before God, I do not lie. And then I went to the regions of Syria and Cecilia or Cilicia, sorry. And I was still unknown in person to the churches of of Judea that are in Christ. They only were hearing it said, he who used to persecute us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they glorified God because of me. We'll get to that last statement in a bit. But um, the the reason I wanted to keep on going is because to me, what I see is an encouragement here um, as somebody that preaches the gospel um, and and somebody who preaches God's word on a semi-weekly basis um, and someone who counsels people. What I see is people getting so frustrated and so um, restless in, in not knowing enough and wanting to know more and, and, and feeling a pressure to act upon something that they're just learning, um, which, which can be great, right? Like I'm not saying that, but when I, what I'm saying is that even Paul himself, who was literally brought to Christ by Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Who was, um, who was <laughs> yeah, like, like ha- had like the ultimate testimony of how he came to know Jesus. Even he spent three years training. Mm-hmm. Right? three years he went up to uh then after three years so he didn't go back mm-hmm. to the to the hub of christianity mm-hmm. he didn't actually really begin his full-fledged ministry and even get approval from the apostles that's what we see actually happen in acts is that he goes back and he gets approval from the apostles right mm-hmm. um he didn't even do that until after three years and i just want to say like sometimes guys it's okay to just rest in something you're learning at the moment right? And share it on a testimonial basis to someone, um, but not feel this constant need to be perfect to teach it immediately, right? Like learn it, like spend time learning God's word um, and rest in that and your testimony as you share it personally, but also as you look into something like have some patience, you know? Yeah. Um, Some people want to, they want to go to the missions field. Um, Well, receive some training, take some time, prepare yourself for it. It's okay right? You don't have to leave tomorrow. Like Paul's life was so much more effective in ministry. And partly it's going to be because of the time he spent before he launched Mm -hmm. his ministry. Right. I I just, it feels really important to me to tell college students, just like simmer down a little bit. It's okay. I mean, that, that's a big, that's a big thing. Three years is a long time that 
is easy to skip over when you're reading through this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like Paul wasn't, you know, like an 18 year old guy, you know, like, like this was later in his life. And I think sometimes college students are so overwhelmed. It's like, I don't know, you know, the exact vocation that I should be doing. And we get so freaked out by it. And like Paul started his true vocation and ministry much later in life. And again, three years after his conversion, you know, and he kept on tent making after, you know, he did like this other profession that he was a part of. And so I think, yeah, we don't have to be so stressed out about the, what we're going to do. Like as we see, God is going to provide that for us and he's going to make it clear. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Um, Good. I think that that talks about purpose. Um, I find some of Paul's writings funny when he's like, I didn't do this. Well, accept this, you know, yes, like I was thinking the same yeah, thing. Like he does it in he's Corinthians uh, region when we were studying Corinthians, right? Yeah. Doesn't he say like, and I baptized none of you except, except for, for you and you. Yeah, yeah. I was just and that thinking person that. I think was there. Yeah. Maybe or something and maybe like that. I baptized this person yeah, and maybe I'm, others, but not that, but no one else. Yeah. <laughs> like, like they did not have erasers back then. Yeah. You know, it's like, instead of totally well, restarting, it's like, let me just make a couple of little amendments as I go. And it's kind of fun to like, just think that might be some of Paul's personality too coming through. I'm not, I'm, yeah. I'm not, trying to speak that in here I don't actually know but it's just kind of an interesting thought can I ask a deeply theological question or is this not the time for that I, I have something deeply theological to bring up so maybe it's the same thing you go um if every word of scripture is inspired by God this is not it never mind you keep on going okay <laughs> then how can Paul you know quote unquote make mistakes like that like, like if he is under the inspiration of the spirit how can he in first Corinthians be like I didn't baptize any of you okay actually I did or here, like, Oh, I only saw Peter. And then he's like, Oh, well actually I also saw James. Like how, Mm. how does God do truly good works through you? Yes or no? Yes. Like, can you do godly things? Yes. Yes. Right. Um, I asked that question because what we believe about inspiration is that God worked through each writer. Mm meaning he used their personality, he used Mm -hmm. their mind, he used their situation, their style, everything, right? And he did godly and good and perfect things through it. Just like Mm -hmm. there are moments in our life that we do godly and good and perfect things, Mm -hmm. even though we are not overall perfect, right? Um, I I view it that way. To me, this cements in here the fact that um, there... for those of you who don't know, there are several different lines of theology Mm -hmm. that believe the level of inspiration and, and how inspired the authors were, right? Like, were they not inspired at all and the Holy Spirit blessed it? Did the Holy Spirit whisper into their ear everything they are to mm-hmm. say? Or did the Holy Spirit come alongside them mm-hmm. and, and write it through them, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we believe that, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, when I see this, I'm like, okay, that's Paul's personality. Yeah. And, and clearly he corrected it to the truth when he says that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and it shows that it is God using man and still creating his perfect word, right? It's because mm-hmm. it's not a contradiction. He's clarifying. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I say I fully agree. And on this example in particular, just to point out, like this isn't too controversial of a statement. Like that's a statement I would make, and you wouldn't think twice about. Mm-hmm. But you're like, not inspired by the spirit with everything you say. Yeah, like, I, like that, I, that, that's why I'm saying it's different. I understand. I understand. But at the same time, it's kind of one of those things. It's like I saw no none of the other apostles except James. Like in that mm-hmm. frame of thought, he's not necessarily. Saying, I saw none of the others. Oh wait, I saw mm-hmm. James. He's saying I saw none of them except yeah. James. But it just reminded me of First Corinthians, yeah, where uh, it's more uh, of the question. Fair. And Paul does it in other places too. Yeah, 
I think I mean, it's an excellent question. To me, it proves that the Holy Spirit doesn't perfect a man. He works through a man. Mm-hmm. And and that this is it for me. He didn't perfect mm-hmm. Paul's mind mm-hmm. to where he never forgot anything or had to clarify. Mm-hmm. He worked through Paul's mind. Mm-hmm. To give us the perfect word. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I So love I love it. it. To me, it yeah, emphasizes I it. I love it. Um, and it is the exact reason why I have that line of theology That's about good. how inspiration happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to go into, uh, I was going to say, guys, there's, you know, reminder, there's things that sometimes when you're doing a Bible study, you just have to set aside. Like I'd mentioned having that post-it note in the front mm-hmm. of my Bible. Here's one for me. Verse 19. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. Here's why this is a thing for me. Um, it even says it in the ESV study Bible. So it's not like my brain just thought of this, but um James, Jesus's brother, was not an apostle when Jesus died, mm-hmm. right? He was not one of the 12 disciples. So what that means is that there were apostles who were not the original 12. Mm-hmm. And even in Acts, it doesn't clarify there when he became an apostle, mm-hmm. right? So I'm gonna, what I would do, to me, that means I need to understand apostles better mm-hmm. and what it means. Because I know apostles mean sent ones, but I always thought the apostle, you know, at some point in my Christian walk, I always thought, oh, apostles are the 12 disciples who led the church mm-hmm. afterwards. But uh, James, the brother of Jesus, was not originally that, but he's mm-hmm. clearly considered an apostle here. Mm-hmm. So what I would do is I'd write this and be like, explore James and explore the understanding of apostles because I don't yeah. I don't have a full understanding of that word right now. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, unless you guys have something to add to that. It's like one of those questions. I'm like, yeah. that's going to be a deeper study. Somewhere. Yeah. Because I mean, like, like I've read before about how like apostles then like were with Jesus whenever he was still physical. Like that's why Paul could be an apostle because he had a physical encounter with the Christ. Yeah. You know, with James Hacks, he would have, you know, grown up playing soccer together. Like he like really had encounters yeah. with the Christ. Oh yeah. Um, versus like, yeah, like, like little a apostles is just like sent ones. Not necessarily like, a, like Barnabas is like an apostle, little a, that was sent by a church. And Apollos is an apostle. Mm-hmm, but a. not a um, like capital A apostle who was commissioned by Christ or knew Christ in right. the flesh. Is how I've understood it. But yeah, I'd be interested to read more about that. For sure. But what's the differentiation between those, right? Is it just that they knew Jesus? Mm-hmm. Is that it? Is that the only qualification between the office of apostle and not? I'd love to I'd love to see if there's yeah, any other support. So yeah, that would be really interesting. Um you know, because for like deacons and servants, there's like the official role of the office of mm-hmm. deacon that comes with qualifications. And mm-hmm. then there's the word servant, which doesn't come with as many qualifications. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to know those. So anyway, that's something I would encourage y'all to set aside. Um, and anything you hear here that you don't understand, just come back to it. Right. Um, and then he just really talks about being unknown at first. He, I mean, he's talking about how he sort of came on the scene out of nowhere for people. Yeah. Except those that did know him were completely shocked mm-hmm. yeah. and probably afraid yeah. you know like i always think about that like he just like the the breadth of his persecution you know if he was traveling city to city to purchase to persecute the church of god and then later he came back and he'd be like no like, you killed my brother you yeah. know like i know you because you are the reason my father is imprisoned yeah you know and then to see him proclaiming the gospel like I, I felt like there'd be so much mistrust, but also like what a beautiful picture of the gospel. Like truly like no one is too far gone yeah. for the gospel to be the way of salvation. You know, like Paul went from a Christian murderer 
to like one of the greatest Christian like gospel proclaimers that have ever yeah. walked the earth. Afraid of him and also not trusting of him, right? Mm-hmm. Which actually yeah. we see in the book of Acts yep. as well. Um, not trusting of him. Yeah, for sure. And then I just, verse 24 is the best. Mm-hmm. And they glorified God because of me. If any of you can put that on your tombstone, mm-hmm. you've, you've won. Yeah. Right? And like, good job. And yeah. And just for clarification, they're not glorifying God because Paul is like, like they're glorifying God in the, his work amongst Paul's life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not because like the gospel of him. Paul or yeah, like yeah. glorifying Paul's Paul so or something like that. Yeah. But like Paul said, who was called to, or who was pleased to call me by his grace. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, yeah. So that saying that like they glorified God because God called me mm-hmm. by his grace. And that's right? why context is so important when reading scripture. If you just take 24 out, it sounds very arrogant. Yeah. And workspace. You know? Like, oh, I've got to go do this so that they can glorify God. Yeah. And but it is a really it is a really big honor mm-hmm. if you can say that about oh your my life, goodness. right? Yeah. yeah. Just like whenever he's like, um, like follow me as I follow Christ. Like, can you really say that? Yeah. To someone you're discipling, like follow me as I am, you know, running after Christ. Mm-hmm. And if you do what I do, then you're gonna be seeking Christ well. It's like, ooh. Yeah, that's good. Well, we're hitting that half hour mark. I'd like to keep all these little segments at a half hour under, um, listener. That's for you too. If you know, just be expecting around that timeline, maybe a little bit shorter, but we're probably shooting around a half hour every time is the goal. Seems like we're hitting uh, maybe half a chapter a, a time. We'll see. Um, but I think that's going to do it for us today. Um, I just want to let you know, thank you so much for listening. I want to encourage you, uh, if you enjoyed this content, go ahead and uh, subscribe to the podcast. Go ahead and rate it and review it. It helps other people find it. Um, also, know we love you and we're praying for you and we can't wait to hopefully see you in person on a Thursday night. But until then, uh, we'll see you next time.